Welcome back to Coaches on the Beach. Today we have another great guest. Joining us from South Florida, Christy Tekovic. Christy's the assistant coach at FAU and has been with the Owls in some capacity since 2013. Coming from Ohio, Christy played five years of indoor volleyball and also had two seasons with the beach team before transitioning to be a part of the beach coaching staff in 2020. Christy, it is great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Uh, Tech, I want to start off with uh, with my absolute favorite uh, conversation we've ever had. It was probably one of the first ones. Um, 2021, Stetson. Uh, Coastal Carolina was playing FAU. I think four out of the five matches go to a third set. But prior to uh, prior to even the first serve happening, uh, Tech and I were walking by, and I'd known Stephen Capri a little bit beforehand and was talking some smack and told Tech, hey, if, uh, if this thing goes to a third set, we're not going to let the girls play. We're going to go one-on-one Volus to 15 to uh, decide the winner. And she was all in. Um, the referee stopped us when the first match went to a third. Um, but I, ever since then, one of my fave people and uh, favorite non or nearly flightless bird um, program. Oh my God. Thank you. I was down. I was really down to do it, but it sounded a little illegal. So, <laughs> such a good player, right? So, you've, like Michael said, you've been there since 2013. Um, what brought you to FAU from, uh, from Ohio, just outside of Cleveland, right? Yeah. Um, really, just South Florida. Um, the kid from Ohio, I, I worked my butt off in. In high school, I feel like I was just really, really hardworking. I had 24 Division One offers, and once I got to FAU, I was just like, this is it. I know it. This is the place. I think something about, like, the culture there and the palm trees just – I don't know. You know when you have that place that, like, the air just feels different once you, like, touch down there? Like, it just – ever since I was younger, it just kind of always brings me peace. Like, it's a vacation spot, and I'm lucky enough to, like, live here – coach here, grow here, and be a part of this amazing program. Yeah, and, and what kind of led you to go from uh, playing some indoor and then transitioning out to the beach? I imagine not a ton of beach volleyball um, up in Ohio growing up. None, negative. <laughs> <laughs> um, what brought me to beach was just, well, we're probably going to get to this later, but I had a couple injuries in – the second injury that I had allowed me to have another year of eligibility and I wasn't quite ready to go overseas. Like I was dealing with some family stuff and had too much going on. Didn't want to go all the way over to Europe. So I decided to jump on um, the beach team. They were lucky enough. I mean, I was lucky enough that they would take me. Um, and I just fell in love with the sport. Like a, it's honestly, it's a totally different sport than indoor and it just allows you to have a little bit more freedom, but a lot more touches. It's kind of what made me stick around, and then I don't know, the Krzyzewski's pretty cool, so love them. And you were part of the inaugural year at FAU, right, in 2014, and then you kind of went back to indoor and took a couple <laughs> years off the beach to game. Yeah, um, indoor coach was pretty chill at first about letting um, letting some kids do both, but then it was just there was no shot because it wasn't really like an official team yet. It wasn't really – just wasn't really like there yet. So she was 
indoor coach was like, you're just going to come back and be indoor. And, you know, maybe when you're done, you can play beach again. But it, it made sense because it was a lot of, like, the days that we were off in the, when we were out of season for indoor, I would be, be playing beach, like, hardcore out there practicing. So I just didn't have an off day. And it was probably not too great in the body. So then I, I essentially, like, the only year I really played and competed was um, my sixth year. <laughs> nice. So. The original sixth year before all the COVID stuff. 100%. Yep. Yep. I really never left college. I'm still here. So, (laughs) (laughs) who who was the the first coach for you guys out there? Was it just the indoor staff coming over or? It was actually Brooke Kohler. She was awesome. She came from FGCU. Um, Which she she was playing a little bit in Florida and then had just moved out to the East Coast and was like, yeah. Trying to to just get some coaching legs wet. Like you said, she'd been at FGCU. Mm before Chris and then she helped start beach volleyball and I think probably doesn't get quite enough credit no uh, not not at all those OGs no for sure because I can't imagine she was getting paid much at all like it wasn't like a real thing yet you know what I mean beach volleyball was just kind of up and coming so but she was awesome so you've been in South Florida now for 10 years what what has changed in the FAU programs what what continues to really get you to stay there it's really it's the culture that I believe in so much, like the culture, the girls, like everything that we stand for, I just kind of become like a part of my belief system. It's like a core piece to like how I even live my life. So I just really invested and I really believe that with what we have going on, like anything really is possible. Like it's just, it's an environment where like Steve and I are pouring into the kids from obviously volleyball and academics, but also like mental health and nutrition and the weight room. And like, that's why we don't take on 30 kids on our roster because we genuinely feel like we can take care of like 20 wholeheartedly and they can be happy here. But for us, we're all about the student experience, our kids growing into like mature young women and yeah, just being overall a better person, great volleyball player, but just being happy here. And I think the happiness piece is why, why I don't think I could ever leave. Uh, and there must be something in the air at FAU, right? Because I think your whole family at some point has come down <laughs> to, to FAU. Um, right? Yeah. Right now. Yep. That was um, that was another reason why I chose FAU is because it's the only school that like I could I played with my sister at, both my sisters. So I was the middle child, or I am the middle child. I've got an older sister and a younger sister, and I was lucky enough to play with both of them. So. Yeah. yeah. Did you play on the beach with uh, with either of them at any point? No, no. My older sister um, actually went to beach. I think her junior year, and I was I was indoor until my thirtieth season. So. <laughs> until you were twenty nine and just the oldest person on the sand. Oh my god! Seriously. What's funny <laughs> though is I feel like I had to grow up really really fast because I was the first person. I was like the first person from like the first class that the indoor coach brought in. So I was 18 years old and she made me a, a captain my freshman year. And there were girls, my, my competition on the outside, she was 26. Yeah. Years old. Yes. Like she was, she was European and it was totally legal, but I was like, you're telling me I gotta, I gotta tell them what to do. No way. I was <laughs> like, they're so scary. But yeah, I just think that made me grow up so quick and yeah. just like, from there, I feel like I just kind of like matured into like the role and everything played out. I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. You kind of naturally were a coach as a player coach, maybe that freshman year, right off the bat. Oh my God. 
to be honest, I like, <laughs> I prayed that she would just let me like lead by example. I like didn't have, <laughs> I, I wasn't much of a talker my freshman year. I was like on the, on the shy side, especially when it came to like accepting my role of being an 18 year old and just like being respectful and not I'm very unproblematic. Like I'd rather just, just do my own thing, but be a good person than try and tell a 26 year old to do bleachers. That sounds, that sounded pretty bad at the moment, but. And now it's full circle right now. You still do the same thing that you were doing all those yep. years ago. Um, you've talked about culture a little bit on obviously what you and Steve have been able to do over the last couple of years at FAU. Um, talk to us a little bit about the difference between going from indoor to beach. What was the differences between the teams, right? How did you work that transition? I think the biggest thing for me was like, I never realized how, like when I was making the transition myself, I never realized how different it is. Like, it really is a different sport. Everything is, like, the only thing that's the same is, like, the concept of pass set hit. You know what I mean? Like, it's technique, strategy. And it's so intriguing to me because it's, like, I'm still learning a lot. Like, I'm still, I'm training with, with, like, a high-level group, and I'm learning, and I'm bringing that into our practices, and I just think there's so much to the game. And, like, indoor players, Steve thinks I specialize in making like indoor players, beach players, but it's only because like, that's what I had to do. And I think for indoor players just to learn better, like things need to be slowed down. You can't overcomplicate it and they need attention and they need a lot of it. So did, you know, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, right? That injury that kind of led to a fifth year. First off, what happened? And then how do you think that has impacted kind of your journey? So it's actually crazy. My my sophomore year, I tore my labrum. My junior year, I had surgery. And then my redshirt year, so my fifth season, I actually ended up breaking my foot. And I think, like, in the moment, you're so angry at the world and you're so mad and you're like, why me? This is terrible. It's, like, the worst thing that could ever happen. And then it's, like, you take a step out of it and, like, years go by and things just like make sense like when i tore my shoulder i was losing that, my love for the game pretty hard and i needed that mental break from the sport to like learn to love it again and i think like when something's taken from you like that urge to get it back just like drove me to come back way harder than like i thought was humanly possible and just having to go from literally I had zero range of motion in my shoulder after my surgery, like titanium in it tightened up. Like I had to see a trainer every day, like screaming in pain to have like the scar tissue broken down and like the range of motion just like brought back from my shoulder. And then I had to learn how to swing again. It was this whole process. And in the moment I was so frustrated. I was like, do I even want to, to do this? And then I was like, hell yeah, I do. Like I'm, I'm here to prove a point that like you can come back and it will be okay. So I think between that and my foot, I was just, it's really hard to find peace in those moments. But as years go by, like I wouldn't have had it any other way. Like it, it makes sense because if I didn't break my foot, then I would have never gotten to play beach and I'd never be coaching here. And breaking the foot and tearing the labrum, right? How does that maybe, how does that lead you to interact with student athletes now who are going through, I mean, not the same thing, right? But I would say labor, labrum tears, for those of you that don't know, like, Labrum is the is the soft tissue around any ball socket joint, 
right? So your shoulder, your hip, um, your knee can have one. I'm trying to think, ankles can have a labrum tear, although those are pretty rare. Um, so volleyball, right? Labral tear, not the world's most uncommon injury. Obviously terrible, right? And never, mm -hmm. like you said, you had no ability to to move your shoulder. But you know, now you're looking at these young young women who are doing exactly what you put yourself through. How does that impact your perspective with them and the way that you interact with them? It's actually funny because like not much has changed for me. I'm because I'm still playing. I'm probably in the training room more than some of them. <laughs> <laughs> like I walk in and the trainer's like, what do you need tech? I'm like, ah, I'm just going to do my rehab today. We just grabbed the bed. <laughs> but um, I think it's, it's good to lead by example um, and just, you know, just show the kids that like, you need to take care of your body. Like somebody told me that your body in 10 years will thank you for the things that you do today. And like, if I can go back in time, it's so easy to be young and silly and just, you know, la-di-da, jump into stuff, not warm up, not do anything. And then it's like, it catches up to you. And like, I don't think you realize that because you don't care and you're not thinking about it because everyone tends to live in like a day by day you know, kind of lifestyle. And that's why I really believe like knowledge is power. And I wish I would have known that because I would have spent, like I get on them about shoulders, like do a prehab program, like strengthen your shoulder before you come here, get it right. And then we'll maintain it. And then, you know, big on like cool down stretches after and stuff like that. And just, if you have an injury, like we're taking care of it. I'm, I'm the first one to like have everyone's back when it comes to like, Oh, this doesn't feel good. Okay. Let's see the trainer. I'll set you up. Like, just I would never wish like the things that I went through on anybody else. And if I can prevent that, I'm going to do my best too. Yeah. And so being a player still going from playing now being a coach, right? So you were, I mean, you, we've talked about it a little bit, right? Mac Mackenzie Morris was one of your best friends during college. Um, mm -hmm. And your first year you're thrust into a situation where you're coaching her Um <laughs> Right. How did that transition go? Right. What were the factors um, on your staff? Right. Did, did Stephen Capri kind of look at you and be like, hey, Tech, here's some things to be looking out for. What was that transition period like? Coaching Mac and Erica was one of my like least favorite things to do. Because <laughs> I, I like I told Steve, I was like, I was like, man, come on, don't make me coach them. I was like, you know how close I am with them. Like, that's just like put me anywhere else, anywhere else. And it's like, it, it's, it's funny because like that's, they play at such a high level and they're so incredibly talented that that was my favorite game to watch. But at that point they knew more than me. Like they didn't really need me. Do you know what I mean? I was still in like a learning, a learning type of groove. So, um, but Steve and I always fight over who had to coach them because they're just, they're funny. Like two time all Americans, they don't really need anybody. Like they know what they're doing kind of thing, you know? So um, other than that, like Jill, Jill graduated and left this past season. She was the last player on the team that I played with. So now I get like a clean slate and I get to just, just coach as if I were just a coach, you know what I mean? Um, but all those guys are still like, like my best friends to this day. Like, I, I love them. I, I just think it's a little challenging to, to coach people that you played with, but with Jill, it was really different. Like Jill plays such a crafty, hilarious game that, like, I don't know if I could survive if I couldn't watch her games. And I and I had told her that. And I was like, no, I'm more than willing to morph into whatever coach that you need to be successful in the moment. 
And like over time, that's just what I did. Like I coach based on, I think a lot of coaches coach the same and everyone needs to adjust to them. Like I adjust to the person that I'm coaching based on like what motivates them as like a human being. Yeah. Who's been the most challenging one to do that with? I mean, Jill, I think it's so funny because your perspective on Jill is going to be different from every outsider ever. Jane Kangalosi, right? You can I probably butcher her last name. You, if you've ever watched an FAU match, you know exactly who she is because she's got the long <laughs> braided hair. Um, yep. Refuses to high five people on the side switch. <laughs> that was once. Good. That was literally only like once. I got on her about that too. She will take nine years to go pick up a ball and serve it. Um, right, she runs the game her way. And she is not somebody, if you were competing against her, to think, oh, that's the goofy, happy, super fun kid, right? You think to yourself, mm-hmm. like, she's a um, pick-your-choice-language word that you want to that you want to throw in there. Um, <laughs> it's Yeah. With it's Jill, a- I, Jill is so misunderstood, I swear. Because, like, when she plays, and we've talked about it, she takes on this, like, alter ego. And she becomes that person. And like Jill's been through, like Jill's not your average like type of volleyball player. Like she's been through some stuff. So like she uses that alter ego as like an escape from reality where she takes out like all of her demons on whoever she's playing. But then like after the game, like she will chest bump you, hug you, whatever you need. She's like the sweetest kid ever. But like, I don't know, coaching Jill has so far been like the most incredible thing ever. I guess who's been the hardest one for you to adapt to, right? You talk about adapting to your players. Um, who's the one that's been the, the hardest so far and and maybe the most rewarding when it kind of comes to fruition? Um, the hardest is definitely was definitely like the Mac and Erica phase. That was but it was it was only hard because I was well the whole the whole reason I became a volunteer assistant was because Steve finessed me. That man is brilliant. He <laughs> He asked me if I wanted to come back because I was, you know, in between. Do I still want to go overseas? No, whatever. And he was like, do you want to jump into practices? You can be a practice player. We can use a bigger block. And I'm not the kind of person to be, like, half in. Like, you either get zero of me or you get, like, 100% of me. So I was like, sure. And, like, I showed up at every single practice. And he was like, Tech, the best way to do this is for you to sign this paperwork. Um, and I, <laughs> I was like, God, this is like, you have to read the fine print. It was a volunteer assistant paperwork. And I ended up um being able to you know like things kept being kind of thrown at me and I was like enjoying it he was like well you want to travel with us this weekend I'm like 23 years old he's like you just gotta drive a 12 passenger van with like 12 girls in it I'm like uh (laughs) like panicking but like it was the most beautiful process ever because I was like damn I really want to do this do you know what I mean um so at first I think I was like very in between like do I want to do this? What am I doing? Like, am I actually like a volunteer assistant coach or am I a practice player? So I think during that phase, like that, that like semester, I believe it was like late 2020. That was like my hardest patch of just trying to figure out if that's like the life path I want to go on. So if I, like my interactions with like, with Mac and Erica, I just wasn't knowledgeable enough at that point. So that was a little challenging. But Steve is a genius. He's a brilliant man right there. Yeah, you went from, uh, hey, do you want to practice, to, hey, drive the 15-passenger van and mm-hmm. maybe sit in the box a little bit, to, I mean, dude, by 
the end of 2022, right? You were doing yeah. under the sun for uh, sure as that team won a conference championship, um, mm -hmm. went to the NCAA tournament, took down Stanford. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that season and, and 2022 as a whole and kind of that year. Really just like over time since I was the volunteer, my role just kept getting bigger and bigger as Capri got sicker and sicker. And it, obviously it's an unpaid job, but it's like, it was never for the money. It was like for my soul, you know what I mean? And like being there for, for Capri and for Steve and being able to have a positive, like a positive influence on the girls that I'm working with, like it was that big for me. And I, you know, I think over time, like obviously everybody wants to get paid, but I was so happy, like so happy, no matter what it was. And that, in that season where we won conference and whatever, the one that we went to nationals and played Stanford, like they all kind of blur together because it was just like a lot of emotional ups and downs and roller coasters. But when we played Stanford, like I remember Capri wasn't even healthy enough to get out of her hotel room. And it was after we beat Stanford, we went to the hangout to have food. I remember like this moment, like it happened yesterday. Steve walks out and he looks at me. He's like, he was like, Tech, I'm gonna, I'm gonna head out. Um, can you hold things down for the next 24 hours? And I'm like, I started laughing. I'm like, yeah, okay, dude, real funny. I'm like, where you going, man? Like, you just gonna actually like leave me here? And he was like, no, Tech, uh, I'm serious. Uh, I'm gonna run Capri back to Florida and then I'll be back. And I was like, like it, it just became really real. And then, you know, before, before um, Capri went back to Florida, we had a meeting in the hotel room and she told everybody that like her cancer had spread. And I just remember like the emptiness in that room and like the numbness and like the chills that everybody was feeling. It was just like, it's just really, it was really hard to see her fight and her battle every single day. And then, you know, when that becomes someone that you look up to, it just like, doesn't, her fight was like, you know, almost like, like what 10 years like it just didn't feel real that it had gotten to that point because all we all we knew was her like her getting chemo and then coming to practice or her getting like a biopsy getting something removed and then sitting in a in a van ride to florida state for well it's seven hours but when everyone has to pee every 30 seconds it becomes like 13 so steve said we're, we're now recruiting based on bladder size <laughs> <laughs> just really full circle with, with everything. <clears throat> like it's been really special just to be a part of this program and like FAU, it's always going to be bigger than, than volleyball. Like Caprice fight was our fight. And we kind of like, we mimicked like her everyday struggle, us being the underdogs. And like our motto really became like train, like you are an underdog and compete like you are the absolute best and do not complain. You fight, you get knocked down, you don't talk about it. You get back up and you fight. Like just every single day, what Capri went through is just a reflection of the program. And I think that's always going to be the legacy of FAU. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think a lot of people realize maybe what you and really Steve, um, obviously so Steve's one of my best friends, right? I absolutely love that guy. Um, and I don't think people quite know, one, how you guys 
are as people because I remember watching that Stanford match, right? And as the um, I can't I think the announcers mentioned it maybe mid match or right before it, but you see uh, the camera goes to to Steve sitting on I think the twos court with um, with Julie Ponzovicheva and. He like strikes a pose, like he clearly knows he's on camera, right? He gives you the thinking man kind of oh, yeah. legs and like it's a very funny kind of tongue in cheek moment, right? Um all while this is going on, right? And then you're holding down the fort, right? You're taking you're taking care of the FAU girls on that day in between single limb and double limb play. And this is, I mean, like you said, this is Capri, right? This is somebody you look up to. Um, this is Steve's wife. I mean, this is a lot. And that I happened to be around you guys that that evening, the the Thursday evening, right? Picked Steve up from Pensacola and brought him back to the hotel. And the first thing you guys did, came together as a family, right? I think uh, if I remember correctly, Courtney Moon came in, said a little prayer. And then you guys watched film. And you did a scouting report and mm -hmm. you guys are the most strong staff I've ever met because you were able to go through all of this. And I, I swear, if you didn't know what was happening, you wouldn't know that anything was going on with you guys. So, you know, you've talked a little bit about the legacy of FAU beach. Fill us in on, on where this team goes from here and how you guys as a staff continue to be, just a light to to that, those people to those young women and give them somebody to look up to yeah i mean i i'm hoping that the future for fau is just like just to keep going up 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 and up and you know capri might not physically be here but she'll always be the heart and soul of, of fau and i think as time goes on and you know, you have recruiting conversations and, you know, kids are obviously, you know, young and they might not have known Capri or, or whatever. Like anyone that knows what this team has been through together, we are so emotionally bonded and we always will be. That we're just like, we're just really hard to beat. And I think a lot of universities can say like, we have a family-like culture, but like I would take a bullet for anybody on the team. Like, Steve and I, like, we really, really pour into our kids and, like, happiness is, like, the most important piece. I think it's awesome that, you know, the same couple teams win nationals every year and kids want to go to the same, you know, couple of schools. But, like, when I talk to kids, I'm like, come here. Like, come here. There's nothing cooler than winning a national championship for the first time with somebody. You know what I mean? And I really, like... I really believe that we can do it. Like, even if we don't get <clears throat> the top recruits every single year, like it is really, really, really hard to be the team that plays with like the heart that we do. And anybody that knows FAU and knows like <clears throat> the story is, is going to believe that and buy into it. And it's just going to be, it's just only going to be harder for people to beat us with the underdog mentality. But like we're, our team is very good at, playing in the zone and using everything that is going on in their personal life and just taking it out on the game. And, you know, I preach a lot about, you know, have that confidence in how hard you work, how hard you train, 
like knowing that you are prepared should be what triggers your confidence. And if you know that you're prepared, then you can find peace. And when you play, just having fun, like it's time to show off at that point. You know what I mean? Like that's where you have fun. That's not where you, you know, you freeze up under pressure. Like, no, don't think, don't look at anything but the ball and go out there and have fun. And Steve preaches that like, <clears throat> you're not your last rep. You are your last 1000 reps. You know what I mean? You hit a ball 30 feet out. That's not you. Look at the last 1000 swings that you hit. You know what I mean? That's who you are. That's how we train. And, you know, that's our belief system. And the kids that buy into it do really well here, which is, has been everybody so far. So. <laughs> what about what about you personally i know you've mentioned it a couple times of like you're, you're there for your student athletes you you want to give them everything but you have so much going on in your life you you're also playing like you said you're in the training room every day what is your why of coaching and what are you getting out of coaching so my my why is Alyssa Kavanaugh. that is that will always be my best friend. I'm not sure how many people know her story, but like she was my best friend throughout all of college. I'm very bonded like with her family and she passed away a couple years ago. She was diagnosed with um, with leukemia at I believe 24. She um, she was a like, four time All-American for Western Kentucky. When I played indoor there, me and her just became like super, super close more so out of like competitiveness when we'd play against each other, but then we just became like best friends. And I made a promise to her the last time that I saw her that like everything that I do is going to be to fulfill me and her dream. You know, whether that's me playing professionally or me just giving back to the girls and just the growth of the sport and just like, you know, we talk a lot about happiness and stuff like that. Like that means the world to me, but I don't think a lot of people know, you know, the behind the scenes of it, like, we're just, you know, coaches to a lot of people, but like, we're real people at the end of the day that go through real things. So losing my best friend has been, you know, she was my why before she passed away. Like, everything that Alyssa stood for, just being fearless, like I even have fearless, that was her um, when she was fighting cancer, that was like her, her slogan, I've got it, tattoos, like super small on my back, but um I bought, I bought us matching uh, necklaces when she passed away, she was wearing it. And like, if I ever, ever tense up during a game, I just like, I grab my, like the cross on my neck that me and her both had. And I just like, I know I'm okay. Cause like, she's with me and somewhere between her and Capri is my why, because it's, it's crazy. Cause I, I feel like Capri has been like watching over us and smiling, like, cause the program's moving in the right direction and she'd be proud. And it's only going to get better, but yeah, that's my why. I, I just think a lot of people don't know the behind the scenes of, for for me and Steve, like we have to do everything. I have to be available 24 hours out of the day for any kid that would need me at any time. Like a lot of schools have have job titles for everything, like for different tasks. Like I've talked to people from other schools, you know, people that are in charge of the video, people that are in charge of the scouting, people that are in charge of, you know, helping out with gear and doing hotels and, you know, setting up the bus. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like, that's how I start my day. <laughs> like, actually, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm like, Oh my God, you've got one person for that. Like, that's just like the first 30 minutes of my morning. Um, so it's, it's been really hard to balance. I think it's been, 
it's been exhausting, you know, but it's been so special. And it's been so awesome getting the experience, like no complaints over here. I'm, I'm grateful for, for everything. I'm happy to be here. So yeah, so that's it, my why. That definitely comes out when you're talking. And this is like the first actual conversation that we've have, ever had together. And like, I, I knew what was written about you on paper, on the website, all that, and my research. But you have drawn a lot of inspiration from a lot of different people. And honestly, over the past 30 minutes, you have become one of my top people on my inspiration list because of everything you've drawn, um, how you kind of just put everything in such a grateful manner. Um, and you're, you're working for something so much larger than just yourself and just for a program. Like there are so many just little pieces of you that you could be so down and be like, oh, that's it for me. Like, this is so hard. Um, but you continue to find that that why. And that just this 30-minute conversation has changed my life. So I'm hoping everyone that's listening is also <laughs> listening to these details. Because, like, this has been awesome to hear from you. Um, we're not done yet. But I, I really needed to kind of get this in there and let you know, like, what you're doing is truly amazing. Um this has been super, super impactful to me and I hope it kind of comes across to other people. But if anything, like I definitely want to keep in contact connection with you and like <laughs> continue to talk to you because I feel like I can conquer the world now just talking to you for 30 minutes. Um, well, thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. Tech, you've had a lot of, lot of, um, let's say adversity over the last four or five years, huh? Yeah. Um, uh, 2022 probably bottom five year all time really hard year for you right mm -hmm. you come out of it 2023 FAU comes back wins the whole thing again right does mm -hmm. it again what was this season like what did it mean right how did it feel maybe a little bit differently than 2022 this this season was so tough like our record was a, was a reflection of like the emotional challenges that we had to face this year. Um, and I think we, we got it together going into conference, but it's just, it was hard. Cause it was like, it was, it was me and Steve, but like, obviously something was missing. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah, I had assistant coach roles when I was the volunteer over the last three and a half years. And Steve was doing head coach stuff as well to help Capri out. But like, essentially, Steve was shifting from an assistant coach to a head coach and having like a whole new realm of responsibilities. I was shifting into an assistant coach role and had no idea, like zero idea what I was getting myself into. You know what I mean? I thought I was doing a lot before. And, you know, I think it's, it's tough because like even – even last year, like I was only getting paid to work 12, <laughs> to work 24 hours a week. And I was working 14 hour days minimum. Like it was, you know, I think when you look at it, like, wow, like dedicating my entire life, I give the team crap. Cause I'm like, you guys are the only reason why I'm single. I don't even have time to like do anything, nothing. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, 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 whatever. Um, but yeah, I just think like this season was so, was it was just a lot um but i full circle kind of thing it was it was beautiful like it was 
her, it was like just a great story for us to be roller coaster of emotions up and down all season. Like we just had to address like the elephant in the room. Like Steve lost a wife, his kids lost a mother. I lost a mentor and like our team lost like an incredible coach. And we had that conversation right before we went to conference and we talked about like where we went wrong and how we can get the kids to have fun. And it's just, it's just a learning curve for everybody. And it got to a point where we could really just bond together and just bigger picture of things like go out there, no regret, like leave the conference tournament with zero regrets, zero. And like, that's exactly what we did. Um, but this season was just, it was just really tough. Um, cause there's a lot more on our plate than all of the office work. So, but I, I think what, what made a really big difference for us was the involvement of the entire team. Like, Every, every team has kids that just, you know, just don't play or don't play at the moment. And I pitched an idea to Steve about putting, putting girls that, you know, once conference lineup comes out and has to stay, like the kids that didn't make that lineup, putting them in groups to help us, to help us watch film, to help us scout, to go over game plans with, with the teams. And I just think that was so it was just a really big shift to have everybody involved moving in the same direction. Nobody, it's just, we couldn't afford to have anybody pulling away. So once we did that, you know, we had, we had Jill and Julie, they were working, they were working with somebody, everybody was working with somebody to reach the same goal. And I don't know if a lot of programs, you know, the kids that aren't playing at the moment don't get any attention. And I think that's, like that's really tough because everyone deserves a shot and they deserve to be a part of something. So once we, once we made a couple of, a, a couple of adjustments and we had everybody pulling in the same direction, like we really felt untouchable, like going into conference and it being a true double a limb tournament, like knowing that we had to play FIU in the finals. And, you know, we didn't even think about if we lose, we get to play them again. Cause we were like, we're not losing. It was just at that point, it was gonna be really, really hard to beat us because we figured it out. And then we, you know, it was just, it was a long, it was a really emotional, emotional season. Like the celebration of life was right before, was right when the girls got back. So we just, we started off with just like, damn, this is gonna be tough, you know? But I mean, that's life, it's life for you, you know? Yeah. And while we're on that, that topic of celebration of life, um, right. You're kind of, I'm going to put you in charge. You're the direct tournament director, right. For the Capri beach bash every year. Right. Tell us a little bit about that event, what that means, um, what that's for and how it goes and how people can sign up and get involved in that kind of do. I love that you're bringing this up. This is just good little advertisement. Um, the beach bash for us, uh, it's a celebration of Capri and all the incredible things that she did. Just celebrating her name by playing, you know, playing quads. It, it just, it was so much fun last year. Like I, I felt bad for the girls because they couldn't play in it. I was like, haha, you get to watch me now. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, 
the date and it's going to be awesome. We're going to get sponsors involved. Like Capri's biggest, you know, biggest wish was because she did start the program essentially. Like, like Brooke had it before it was like, you know, really like a real sport and like really appreciated. And then when Capri got in, you know, she just, she took off with it. And her biggest thing was how can I, how can I grow the program? How can I grow the sport? What do we need? And like funds was what we needed. So Beach Bash allows us to, to raise money and, you know, to be able to travel the girls comfortably, you know, just have the girls live comfortably, like by raising the money. It's just, it was, it was so helpful this year by having that. So, you know, when that comes around, it'd be awesome if everybody just jumped in, got a team, even you two, if you can. Um, it was a blast. If I don't, if we lose our conference tournament, I plan on being there. Because this weekend, this year, it's uh, December. You got the dates yet? Or are you still working on that? Uh, still working on it. Still working. Unofficially early December, correct? Yeah. Yep. Unofficially early December down there in Boca. Um, if you can't go, uh, I was unable to go last year, right? There is um, a wonderful raffle opportunity that Tech puts together. I think an opportunity to learn a TikTok. Oh, no, stop. Please stop. Filter <laughs> with Christy Techvec was a, no. an item that you could win last year. I hated that. I had I saw that and I was like, "You're joking." I was like, "Who did this to me? Are you serious?" I'm I'm all for like lessons. I'm all for it, but the TikTok thing made me so uncomfortable. Yeah, Christy is a is a great uh, influencer. So if you you can find her on social media at uh, what's your uh, what are your ads, Christy? That's just my name, man. At Christy, <laughs> give her a follow. You can learn how to do TikToks. Um, I'm not a dancer, Colin. You're a volleyballer. Yeah, but you're acting like I'm doing like the the dances and like the. I'm just kidding. But what happened was over over COVID, I just got bored and posted a bunch of videos of like at home drills and kids started doing it. Like a recruit came up to me when I was in California and she asked for a picture with me and I was like, oh my god! Like I th I thought I was doing good on like the pro tour. I was starting to get there. And I was like, yes, people notice me. And she goes, I like your TikToks. I was like, no, I just thought it was, so, I thought it was something else. I mean, regardless, it's a compliment. I was happy either way, but it was a little anticlimactic for me because I thought maybe she heard about my Wapaka finish or like something else. But anyways. Yeah, hey, I heard about the fifth at Wapaka. That's awesome. That's exciting. Yeah, uh, I just want to get a partner I can grow with. You know, I think it's really hard when you're, you know, bouncing around to like have that with somebody, but. Yeah, Erica's been fun. A little FAU alumni action too. Yeah, let's get some more burrowing owls out there. Is Megan Megan Rice? Did she go to FAU too? Mm-hmm. We had our advisor yesterday. She can rep us in Budapest yeah. playing the tech volley tournament. You guys might have like the the second or third most uh, alumni on the pro tour at our at our current juncture. Um, talking about how great you are at volleyball coaching human being in general. Um, you were recognized for that pretty recently. The ABCA 30 under 30. Um, tell me a little bit about that accomplishment and what that said to you. For me, honestly, it was really nice to be recognized. I like <clears throat> a lot of hard work that goes into this job, like a lot. Um, and for me, it was really just, it was kind of like a symbol of hey, like, you can do this, keep pushing, 
it was like a little pat on the back. Like, I think I needed it because it's just, you know, it's been it's been tough for me the last, what, five years. But um, I don't know. It's It's been a, like a blessing coaching in FAU and learning from Stephen Capri and just a lot of life lessons at the same time. But for me, I think just all the, the behind the scenes work, ABCA, the 30 under 30 was just like a nice little pat on the back. You know, like you work. I think I work 12 hours a day. I swear it feels like I just all the time, all day. Like I'm at the school by like eight, I leave at five. I go to my practice. And if I have anything to finish up, I got to do it before bed. Like it's just, there wasn't enough time in the day for me to like sleep, recover or do anything for myself. So, so it was nice. Um, yeah. And I don't think a lot of people know that I, I was a volunteer assistant for like three and a half years. You know, felt like I had to grow and really just, just grind. So yeah, it was awesome. I mean, for me, really, just like, the mentorship with the girls has been has been incredible. Like, that's the reason why I love coaching so much. Is I just want to be the coach that I always wanted, and I wish, you know, more females would get involved with the sport, like men too. But I'm saying like the girls that are playing. Like just for them to continue to to be a part of the sport. Man, you guys are awesome. I didn't mean it like that, I promise. No, but it's, it's good to have all the voices, right? And you know, mm -hmm. I think it's something we look at often and um right, there's a great uh theory in, in teaching, right? So young people that are coming up through elementary school are more likely to become teachers if they see somebody that looks like them mm -hmm. teaching. Um and so the best way to encourage great feedback is to one, have a great environment, right? If you have a great environment, people are going to want to do that thing, but mm -hmm. then you also have to be able to see yourself doing it. Uh, right. And so it's amazing that somebody like you gets to be is in it and not gets to be earned it. Cause there's, there was no luck involved. It was all, it was all hard work and, and putting yourself out there and, and making it happen. And, um, I think it's awesome for your players to get to see you and get to see you balancing it, being mm -hmm. a pro, playing, coaching, being an amazing human. Like, I think that's awesome. And I, I'm with you. Let's call it out, right? Hey, young, young players, if you're listening, right, get into coaching. Okay. It's not, um, probably not glamorous, right? I don't think any of us are, are retiring in the Hamptons anytime soon. Um, but it is pretty fulfilling it's pretty mm -hmm. life affirming you get to hang out with cool people um and so if you're somebody that loves the sport and and wants to find a way to be in it right we would love to see more young women and former players get into it and be be a part of our coaching staffs yeah uh, for sure even like if ga positions open up like just to get more more of the kids that like have you know just finished playing or are still playing like just to be involved, even if it's coaching club and not at the college level, just, I think the more, the more people I get into the volleyball world that, you know, have just come from it and that same experience, just so, it's so awesome for like the younger generation to be a part of that and to be around it. So I just hope the sport continues to grow and people continue to get involved. I, I, I completely agree. And like, that's something I bring up to our student athletes all the time. We have, we have a bunch of kinesiology majors and people that want to continue after they're done with their college career. 
And I, I think coaching's a really great route for them to explore and do that. And even with our current GA that you've met, Lauren, like I, I'm constantly talking about, all right, where's the next place you're going to go? Because we, we got to keep more females in coaching. And I think it's so, so important to create those mentors, create those leaders from the people that are already involved in the game that really have a passion and can continue to push their passion onto other people and get more people passionate about the game. I mean, right now, I think I think beach volleyball does a really good job when it comes to the assistants and the GAs with female coaches. I They make up over 52% right now in Division One for assistants. But where, where that gap hits really hard is in Division One. I think only 30, 31% are female head coaches. And some of those are also balancing uh, the, the indoor team and the beach team. So they might not be solely sold on the beach. They might still have to really pay more attention to the indoor game. And I think that's where our game can take a really big jump is more female head coaches. Get, get those, those figures out there of, hey, this is who you're coming to play with. This is who you can potentially be one day. Um, so I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for that as well and trying to get more uh, females into these coaching jobs. A lot of it is too is getting them into those assistant coaching roles and then moving them up. And right now we, we have over 50% in the Division I um, female coaches that are in paid positions. Um, and so that, that trend might start to peak here soon, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I think you guys make a really good point on that. And I think it kind of leads into something um, with we, we obviously want to get more females into coaching. What else would you like to see in the NCAA game coming going forward uh, for the beach volleyball game? I would love to see more coverage. Like, it'd be really nice to turn on the TV and be like, oh, hell yeah, let's watch some beach volleyball. You know what I mean? But it doesn't exactly work out that way. I think, like, I was just talking about this um, with a group of women, but, like, just the enhancement and the growth of beach volleyball would just be so amazing to see, even, like, at the pro level. You know what I mean? A bigger push there, you know, more sponsorships, more money, more community, more you know, have that going and, and get like, give kids like a motivation factor of like, why to go to college and why to play beach volleyball. And, like, I want to go pro and it's going to be amazing. You know, right now you've got a bunch of pro players that are miserable because it's just, it's not what it's supposed to be at the moment. And so like to get like the pro stuff going, get more coverage there and <clears throat> that kind of stuff. And then just at the, at the collegiate level, just to be able to turn on the TV and be able to watch some good beach volleyball would be awesome. And then um, other than coverage, really just, I think just to get more coaches a part of it that are going to enhance the student athlete experience and not, there's so many coaches out there that will just rip the love of the game from like underneath you. There's so many. And it's just, that's half the reason why I wanted to get into coaching was because like, I just, I want to be the coach that I always wanted to have. You know what I mean? And it'd just be really nice to get, you know, a shift into, into that. And for beach volleyball as a whole, just to be, to be recognized and to be seen as like worthy enough for coaches across the board to get like higher pay and for the sport to just continue to grow and to continue to be more important. And I think it's one of the coolest sports to watch. 
Like, I think the audience could be incredible if, if things were just handled a little differently, but I don't, there's no reason why beach volleyball can't be, you know, a female sport that's making your school money. Like we're like the only outdoor sport where you can have a DJ and you can have some fun. You know what I mean? Like even at like the pro level, like people are like having a blast, you know? So I don't know. I would just, I would like to see the shift and just overall growth and, you know, have it be more important to other people. So I'll put that call out, right? If you're interested in getting into broadcasting, I think any of our beach volleyball programs would be happy to have you host our sports on a platform of some kind. If you're interested in getting into DJing, right? Maybe that's your, uh, that's your passion and you need a place to work on your mixes. We've got eight to 10 hour tournament days ready to rock for you. Give us a call. We'll get the speaker system hooked up, right? I think this is an, it's an opportunity for people that are in other fields to like be a part of this, right? And to, right. And to get into it and, and we can grow our sport. We can grow people in, in other areas. Um, that community, it's funny. We just talked to Beth Van Fleet uh, last week and she was talking to us about her time in San Diego as a pro, that community that you talked about. And it's, it's definitely different now, but would love to see a group like this where we can have, two coaches from Louisiana hanging out with a coach from Florida and talking and, and growing the game and, and being a fan of each other's programs without worrying too much about, Oh my gosh, I don't want to tell FAU too much. Cause I might have to play them next year. And you know, that kind of stuff. Like it's a great, it's a great atmosphere. And so I love it. Uh, Tech. Thanks for, thanks for coming on and sharing. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast.